welcome to a Champions League special edition of the Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. Magnificent as always. Superb. We are now just 48 hours away from the Champions League final in Munich against the four-time winners of the competition by Munich. I am joined, the Deckheiser, that's me, as always by Mark25, who is Mark. Hello. Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Good evening. And Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal. And welcome. And obviously our fine keyboard player. Um, We will start by looking, uh, taking a quick look at our route (coughs) to the final. Um, The group stage, the slightly improbable win over Napoli, Benfica, um, the remarkable win over Barcelona, and um, and where we are on um, Saturday night. Um, the group stage, I, I must admit, I can't remember a huge amount about it. There were a couple of reasonably decent results in there, um, but by and large, it, it had sort of a lot of forgettable games. Um, I think we were beaten by Bayern Leverkusen. Um, with the, the, the victory against Valencia, I think, was probably our best result out of the lot. We did stuff Genk 5-0. Um, mm. But it, it was sort of fairly classic AVB form for for that, for that the the time that, we, that he was in charge, really. Um, anyone care to sort of throw their thoughts at about the thought, um, group stage? I, yeah, the two things that stood out for me were, I think we saw Kevin De Bruyne, didn't we? If, that's, if I've pronounced his name correctly. We saw yes. him playing... Uh, for Genkzer, obviously, I think that was in. Did he play both games or the first one? I, I think the first game was the one where they didn't have a defence, did they? A bit like ourselves, all their centre backs yeah. were had disappeared, um, so they were playing with like midfielders in defence and so on. Hmm, how, um, how prophetic that may be. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and I think the other thing was the the absolute walloping that Kalu got from the fan base when he, he came on against Leverkusen, didn't he, and gave away oh, he's, an unfortunate penalty. He's poor up, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of those, you know, it happens all the time, and I just thought the it way people went push. after him was, was just... I think it was symptomatic of the growing frustration that people were feeling with, with form, you know, the, mm. the patchiness of the form. But, yeah, he got it with both barrels, which I thought was a little a little bit unfortunate, but... Yeah, I think that, that's the sort of... Yeah, the, the, the Leverkusen defeat, because it was sort of late on, wasn't it? It was a last-minute goal. Yes. Yeah, it was... Um, oh, hang on a second. I've got all the, the bump in front of me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, Drogba gave us the lead early in the second mm. half, and they got two in the last 15 minutes, including that, that last one, which... Yeah, um, one was a penalty, and then the second one was that sort of bullet header, wasn't it? That Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, Bayek is like... Yeah, no, sorry, I'm, I'm just kind of looking back through all this. Um, no research, JD? No, 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 well, you know, I did a limited amount. I've, um, I've, had, I've had a busy day. I've had a four-year-old at lap for most of it and, um, and, and trying to work at the same time. Which Andrew Marr. Andrew Marr wouldn't do this on a... No, he, you're probably right, actually. <laughs> but, um, he gets, he gets, You'd never get Paxman having an eye like this. He gets, he gets paid an awful lot more than I do, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, Tony, um, any any particular memories? I, I must admit, this is this is um, 
part of the reason why I've, I've struggled to get a hold of a ticket and, and now hopefully have um, yeah. is that I simply didn't get a chance to go to any any of the games. Did you actually get to go to any? Or no, I didn't, and I, and I I, I I kind of rail against the group stages anyway. I'm, I'm one of these uh, uh, with Peter Watts on the whole. You know, I know we're going to cover off the the, the, the kind of. Um, the vile money pit that the Champions League is. Ah, yeah, absolutely, uh, and, and you know the, the fact that it's it's more about qualifying for it than actually winning it. It, it appears for a lot of people, but um, I just you know I, I I loathed the competition when it had two lots of group stages. I loathe it a slightly little bit less, but I find that you know it, it's very little to get excited about when the club are charging you know, the ridiculous prices to you know for us to go and watch Genk. Um, uh, you know, and it arguably even by a Leverkusen, I suppose. Um, and I just remember the group stages, and I think it's the same with all of them. The only reason uh, the other group stages were interesting is because uh, Manchester United and Manchester City failed to qualify. Mm. Um, and, and that was the story. Uh, I know we were going into the last <coughs> game against Valencia uh, needing to win and, you know, and to avoid that early exit and, and uh, presumably... Yeah, because we eventually topped the group, didn't we? We did. Uh, you know, it was a bit of a thumping 3-0 win, wasn't it? And I think it was... The, yes. Uh, for, you know, for me, um, looking at this, it's, it was December the 6th. It was the first game that Didier Drogba bothered to turn up for. So from pretty much yeah, mid-August to, to December, he'd done virtually nothing as far as I was concerned. And, and you know, apart from getting himself sent off against QPR, turned up and had an absolute <laughs> stormer, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I always find the group stages, they're a bit perfunctory. So it's hard to generate any excitement unless something dramatic's happened. And I think possibly we've been spoiled because we've always pretty much cruised throughout groups before. We've always yeah, sort of, it's, it's generally not been, um, been an issue for us. Because we've never failed to qualify out of the group have we mm. so we've never you know we've never failed to qualify we've always gone through uh, to at least the round of 16 this bizarrely named you know um, uh, next stage or whatever and we've not dropped down into the UEFA Cup or, or gone mm. out altogether have we so the, you know, the Europa League he said getting it uh, oh the correct, God, the correct yes, UEFA you know. terminology please I'm showing my <laughs> curmudgeonly old bastard side here aren't I really by no, if, you'd, if you'd have been doing that you'd have called it the Fairs Cup no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the Fairs Cup indeed yeah um, so, Mark, can you remember anything particularly outstanding um, outstanding for you for the um, the group stages? Not really. I, I mean, I went to every home game, and all of those just disappeared into one blur, really. I mean, the only game I remember is Genk away, which was my only away trip. Right. Which I'm now pleased I did, because it, it acts as a very good dry run for our visit to Germany. And I had a very nice lunch in Brussels, having arrived there by Eurostar. Ah, right. Then went across country by train to Hasselt, which is the nearest town I could get a hotel in, and then got the coach surrounded by a police escort into Genk, locked away in a caged area in the corner of the ground, with video cameras on us while we all sang anti-Anton Ferdinand songs, because that was the week after <laughs> the QPR yeah. debacle. Yeah, it was. Uh, and then winning 1-0 and giving it away to draw one all, and then traipsing all the way home. So I remember that vividly, but the rest of it, I can't remember any of it, to be honest. Yeah, I must admit, I, I, it, it took a little bit of um, time to recall um, exactly what went on. But uh, the only the only other thing is, is the 5-0 win against Genk at home. Um, Torres scored twice. And that was, that was, I think, another point where we all said, he's, he's finally he's back. back. <laughs> he's, he's back. He's going to do it. Um, yeah, well, you know, enough of that. Um, 
it got us through, and obviously, you know, we we recall briefly the time where there were actually two uh, two groups. There were two group stages um, when we first qualified, weren't there? The, um, mm. the I think in ninety nine two thousand when we qualified, there were two group stages, which I just seemed to, it just seemed to go on for years. Um, but we made it through <coughs> and got ourselves into the um, the round of sixteen, as um, as Tony Wright terms it, um, and got ourselves a tie. Um, against Napoli um, first game away and this this was obviously back in the days where things were starting to look rather desperate for AB, AVB um, and I remember the game fairly vividly in the sense that I went to um, I went to the Brit Awards that night um, and didn't get in due to an enormous fuck up over tickets and so forth and um, went, for, went for dinner with um, with Mrs D sat in a restaurant and watched the text updates come in so A, I'd not got tickets for the event I was meant to be going to and it was all a bit of a pain in the arse and, um, and elsewhere my football team were being royally thumped um, so it was all looking and you'd also you'd also have the chance to uh, have me buy you a drink which probably was the bitterest pill to swallow in the whole <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all just quite terrible um, but I think after our, com- our conversations that would have probably been a very fine wine he would have <laughs> uh, well, no, <laughs> bought, no, bought uh, to the ground from his cellar. <laughs> no, Mr. Glover, it was uh, it was Guinness in a pub near Leicester Square. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> Sitting with two Tottenham fans who were saying, oh, "You're not doing too badly," and I was going, "No, we're shit." <laughs> Fair places that they may not have known for many years, and uh, you know they. They're trying to be reasonable and help me along, but I wasn't having any of it. I was getting more, more depressed. Uh, um, so. but, but obviously, um, what, what, what happened from there on in, I mean, it's really where our season kind of kick-started. Um, in the sense, I, I think it, AVB went between... He went after after now. Did he go straight after Napoli or no, was it, it was game? Like, I can't. No, remember. we had after the Everton game, wasn't it, or the West yeah. Brom game? I, I can't remember. It was one of those, wasn't it? And um, uh, so, but it was between fixtures. It was between the Napoli oh. because he the, the controversy the controversy. Has uh, he left? Has he left? And Lampard and yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, to be fair, though that 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 similar lineups have been put out by Di Matteo and done okay mm. um, and I, I, you know so he took a chance and, and he lost it was just that he took a chance possibly at the very wrong time um, yes you know, I, for, a spectacular misjudgment in hindsight wasn't it <clears throat> yes it was but uh, you know uh, on the night I you know, I seem to recall looking at it and thinking oh, I can be a bit of a gamble but not bad you know that, that should be a good enough team um, to, to see them off, but uh, roundly beating, I think, and, and, mm. and possibly lucky to have kept it at three-one. Yeah, um, so we went um, we went into the home leg looking pretty much out of it, as as most people suspected, and um, well, I, a quite remarkable turnaround because Branner's got the late goal, didn't he? He got the one that. That, that finished them off, as, as far as I can recall, it was sort of you know several dozen minutes into injury time, and it was a hundred and five minutes. Oh right, okay. Was there extra time? Fuck me! My memory is awful these days. Indeed, um, there was. Yes. Right. Okay. Noted. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember just thinking, you know, we'd done well to get it to extra time. You know that mm. at least we hadn't we hadn't gone out 
you know, another three nil whacking and gone out six one or anything. You know, I thought at least we've put up a fight because I still wasn't prepared to believe at that point that we were actually going to get through. But um, you know, I thought well, at least we've got this far. You know, we we haven't rolled over and died. There is life in the old dog yet, as they say. So. But I think it, it was sort of it was fairly poignant in the sense that he said seamlessly, looking at the the link that he's just brought up. But it, it was Drogba, Terry, and Lampard who actually got the goals that. Mm. that levelled it all up who were the players that were left out of the first leg as far as I can recall Um, which I think spoke volumes Mm. Um, and this I think that was if we if we look back over the course of the season there's probably any number of things we could regard as a turning point but I think this game above all else was the one that actually made us think "Hmm, there might be something here Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, you know, it did sort of it kickstarted a bit of form. Generally, I think from mm. from you know, my, without looking it all up and reading it out, but you know, certainly some of the players who you know, particularly the Drogba's and Lampards and people who perhaps hadn't been looking too clever at points during the season, um, you know, you suddenly realised that with AVB gone, they. they you know, not not that they suddenly decided to play, but you know, the, there was something left in them if, if they were played in a certain fashion. And uh, you know, it looked. Uh, it, it, I still didn't expect very much out of the season, but at least we looked like we were going to play a few games of football <laughs> before the thing finished. You know, which mm. when you were watching games like West Brom and Everton and things like that, didn't look at all the way things were going. So, yeah, yeah, because um, we got then we got to Benfica, which. Under normal circumstances, I think people were generally thinking that, well, well, that shouldn't be too much of a tricky tie, and and it actually turned out. I think we won out there, and then it it all got very, very nervous. I think they had had a player sent off, as far as I can recall, and Uh, they did. They equalised fairly late on before Morelos scored very, very late to to, to seal it all. But it all started looking a little bit nervous, Um, and it wasn't. It, it was it was sort of another AVB performance, but Robbie got away with it and um, and got a win. Um, I mean, Benfica were were decent, so you know they they mm. done well against United, and I suppose we sort. I think we've got to a stage sometimes where you know I think Europe has levelled out a bit. You know, there, there's been sort of Barcelona and maybe one or two others, and then a lot of other teams are at quite a level. You know, there isn't mm. quite the the sort of stratification that there was a few seasons ago and, and you know teams like Benfica you have to beat them you know they, they, they don't just turn up and roll over you have to you have to play well and you have to be key you know, I think the away performance out there was, was the key to it I think that yeah, that it was some a, doubt in Benfica's mind I think they felt that they might you know get a couple of goals against us out there and unlike Napoli then you know, do okay at the bridge, and I think they were unnerved a bit by that sort of, you know, the late goal and, and not not scoring themselves, mm. and, and you know that affected them, I think, a bit mentally in terms of their approach to the game. Yeah, and um, and then obviously the, <coughs> um, the the balls came out of the hat, so to speak, and um, and we ended up with Barcelona, which, um, well, I, th- I think much of the football world had had a hoary old laugh about it all, and um, and we rolled our eyes and said. Oh well, that's it for another year. Never mind. Um, and well, it it all, it all became sort of quite remarkable over the course course of the two legs. Mark, you you, you summed up 
um, Barcelona very well in terms of the two podcasts. Um, just just recap your thoughts on the whole um, the whole business. Um, I'm trying to recall now what my summary of um, <laughs> Barcelona was. When, when you emailed me earlier in the week with mm. my homework for working out my playlist. <laughs> You didn't say this was part of the homework. Well, sprung this on me. I'm keeping. I'm keeping everyone on their toes. <coughs> questions will be asked. Yeah, I mean, well, if I summarise the whole thing, really, I mean, I, I think the thing that's making this Champions League so exciting for me, and, and I am excited, and mm. um, I'm getting more excited by the minute now as it's approaching the weekend, yeah. is really the fact that it was so unlikely we'd get there. Mm. If, if, if you're a favourite team like I suppose if you support Barcelona you're expecting to get there and it's not that exciting when you finally do get there because it was sort of an inevitability that you were going to make it but for us with with the AVB situation at the beginning of the season we we probably thought we weren't going to get out of the group stages every um, game since then Napoli Benfica and Barcelona has really put us through the mill as fans Mm in terms of excruciating agony for most of the games uh, but with joy at the end and every night this week on Chelsea TV they've been playing the um, they've had a half past six show the build up to Munich and it always starts with the two goals at Barcelona Ramirez and Torres Mm. and even now when I watch it every evening this week I still can't help laughing (laughs) and (laughs) being totally shocked Mm. Torres actually put it in the net at the end I mean it was an unbelievable moment I think that might go down as my most unforgettable Chelsea moment with him running up the pitch alone into their half the camera not really panning all the way so we didn't know quite what was either side of him and then strolling around the goalkeeper and rolling the ball into the net it's unbelievable Mm. and um, I mean the the excitement of getting to the final is just immense Mm. yeah I must admit I I over the last sort of day or two it's really started to dawn and it, I think the cameraman the cameraman that night or the, the director or someone was so used to the cameras pointing at the Chelsea goal <laughs> that they they couldn't get the camera around quick enough <laughs> <laughs> you know, on, the, the, the ball must be back there somewhere what are you yeah. doing man for yeah. heaven's sakes like Torres was halfway towards the goal before the camera realised that, 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 that hang on it's in the other half of the pitch well I, think, and, I, I, know, I, don't, I don't think the cameraman actually reacted till he heard Gary Neville start <laughs> going oh astonishing yeah I think this is it. and I think I, I think Mark's point is, is absolutely right in the sense and I think we've we've as as Chelsea fans, you know, we've we've been a little spoilt in the sense that we, you know, like we say, we've we've never failed to get out of the group stage. We've had something like is it, is it six semi finals in nine years or something ridiculous like that. And I think we've just got a little bit complacent and thought, well, you know, we should be here. And um, and when it looked like, frankly, we weren't going to be, and, and maybe not going to be in the competition for for a little bit of time, just to have this run has has been so incredibly enjoyable and and. You know, I've I've had many friends sort of mocking, saying, "Ha ha, you're going to get stuffed out there." And I, it sort of reached a point now. I, obviously, I want want us to win, where I genuinely don't care because I'm so incredibly proud that we've got as far as we have, and we've thrown off so many hoodoos. You know, we've actually got past Barcelona. We haven't had a player sent off. We haven't had loads of ridiculous injustice and, and God knows what else. We've <coughs> we've actually beaten them fair and square. Now we have had, a, of course, we've had a player sent off against Barcelona. What we're talking about. Okay. Um, 
But so, he yeah. probably deserved it. In this yes, case. I was going to say. That's 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 maybe unlucky to be seen, but yeah, you know, in, in the end, you have to hold down that. That was a clever ploy on his part, eh, so he's not involved in any penalty shootout. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, to, to be perfectly honest, if we get to that stage, I'll be on the fucking U barn. <laughs> but the, the other great thing about it is that we've okay, you know, maybe Genk and people, but you know, I, I still think in the group stage, as Mark said, you know, you take a trip to Genk and get to Belgium. You know, Belgium. You know, they they play football in Belgium. It's a footballing country as well as a cycling country. Well, we, and stuff. we seem to be buying up an awful lot of their prospects. So yeah, <laughs> and we played, you know, Leverkusen. But in the knockout stage, we've played Napoli. You know, we finished against Valencia. Then we played Napoli. Then we played Benfica. Then we played Barcelona. Now we're playing Bayern Munich. That's proper European Cup, isn't it? You know, sort of knockout European football against proper European teams. And I think, I was trying to think about it today, you know, obviously your memories of Moscow are coloured by the fact that we lost, uh, and obviously it was exciting to get there, but I, I'm sure that I'm not grafting on, uh, you know, a sort of a memory that, I, that didn't occur at the time, but at the time, the fact we were playing United, the fact that you play Liverpool and all that sort of, it you know, it felt like one of those sort of nasty Super Sunday sky sort of games where you know that the day after you go into work, you're going to get loads of stick. Mm. If I get loads of stick on Monday because we lose, you know, 10 yeah. mil, I, I can laugh it off, you know, because... Well, there's no you know, rivalry. You're not going to be coming yeah, up against a Bayern Munich fan who's been needling you for X yeah. number of... X and even, even with Barcelona, I know there's all that baggage with them, but in the end, you know... It's not a we've rivalry. kept that rivalry alive now because we've actually, you know, they've got something to come back with now, and and that's true. Know, actually, yeah, to beat us, and I think in the end, the fact that we've managed to put one over on them means it's sort of less. There's less of that sort of nastiness about it now. I, I don't know. It's just the way I feel, but certainly to play those sort of clubs with all that sort of, you know, back to your black and white telly and <coughs> stuff, you know, Eusebio and all that sort of stuff. It just it feels like proper European football, albeit, I, I, as we're going to come to, I, I take Pete Watts on board, you know, what he says on board about the Champions League itself. But mm. luckily for us, I think this season, the games we've played, the teams we've had to play, and the sort of games we've had against them have made it a sort of decent European Cup style adventure once it got to the knockout. Mm. It was my feeling anyway. No, I, I, I agree entirely. I, the, the whole Moscow thing. As much you know, as much as it was enjoyable to get there, and it was, it was, it was actually a great game to watch as well. It was, it was, it was yeah. nerve wracking, and it had had it all kind of thing. But, um, but to me, it it didn't feel like a proper what what I think of as as a European Cup final. You know, I think of it, you know, as going to a great a great European city like Rome or Paris or Berlin or somewhere. And you know, I include Munich in that because I love the city anyway. But playing against one of the proper giants of the European game, you know, I wanted to play a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich or an AC Milan or someone like that because it, that's what what feels like a European Cup final to me mm. um, and, and now we're there and uh, yeah I, 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 would, I would echo what Mark said, I am, I am now ridiculously overexcited by the prospect, I'm, I'm on my flight at 25 past one tomorrow and I cannot wait, it's um, win or lose it will be a, a truly fantastic weekend I'm sure Um but what, as, as reference there, you know, we are obviously now in Munich having gone through um, 
a, a relatively tortuous campaign um, in terms of the group and the knockout stages. Um, but we will now have a quick look at the um, the down. What, what, what we'll say is the downside of the Champions League. Um, it was prompted. I was prompted to do this by um, an article that a mate of mine wrote on his blog, um, a guy called Pete Watts, who is Pete W, who contributes to the blog. Um, and I'm not doing it just because he's a mate, because I think it's a great article and he's a very good writer. And it's just called Why I Hate the Champions League, and it's on his blog, which is greatwhen.com. Have a look, have a read. Um, and, he, and he rails very, very convincingly at the... At the, at the the parasitic nature of it and, and, and the money and all of the things that we know are wrong with the Champions League um, and how you know his, his opening line is you know who came third the year that Arsenal won the league at Anfield in 1989 does anyone remember does anyone care who came fourth in 2007 third when United won the treble in 1999 and he says you know unless you're actually a fan of the teams in question in the question that's asked there and that's actually Forest, Liverpool and indeed Chelsea you won't be able to answer it because finishing third or fourth no one cares but it's become something that, that you know there's there's now an interest in you know and I think it's also the point someone else made is that we're now sitting there we have this ridiculous scenario where, where Spurs have come fourth and we hope beyond hope that we actually win on Saturday, which means that we, we knock them off fourth, they go back into the Europa League so a week after the season has finished, Spurs are sitting there, waiting on a result of a game that has nothing to do with the league that they play in to work out whether their season has been a success or not I mean, that's ridiculous, isn't it, surely Absolutely, I, I, I read Pete's article when he, when he put it out um, I, I I loved just a couple of lines from the tail end of it where he says meanwhile leagues cups and the dignity and priority of supporters all disappear beneath the whirling blades of UEFA's deranged zombie lawnmower which I thought was just <laughs> a fantastic line um, but he, he finishes off and he says you know we've come to the extreme logic of the position when we're told that the main reason Chelsea should want to win the Champions League final on Saturday, on Saturday mm. is so they can qualify for next year's Champions League as if the trophy itself is just something that comes free in a packet of cornflakes and nobody yeah. bats an eyelid uh, and he says how can this be right what what have UEFA been allowed to do to 57 years of history and why does nobody appear to care and, and I'm I'm 100% with him that is a fabulous article and I think mm. it, 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 it's been de- you know it's degraded I, I mean in, in a way that in a similar way that the Premier League has been allowed to devalue um, the FA Cup um, uh, and, and possibly the League Cup as, as well I suppose in that sense but certainly the FA Cup as, as, as we've as, alluded as, to as a brief point of correction, that's the FA, it's not the Premier League. Uh, no, but the Premier League has uh, the, the competition itself. Yeah, no, I, I'm sorry, I see what you mean. Above all and everything else, you know, it, it's all about the Premier League. You know, there was a time when we won the FA Cup in 1997 where it meant everything to us. Okay, 27 years of sheer heartbreak and, and pain and, and misery and, and, and whatever. Um, and we won that cup and we celebrated like we'd won a trophy. And now we come to the position where we're only going to have an open top bus parade on Sunday if we win the Champions League. And yet the very cafe that I eat in on the Fulham Road, okay, the Broadway cafe, yeah, they've got pictures on their wall of the 70 and the 97 cup winners. 
mm. yeah, being paraded round the streets in an open top bus. Yeah, yeah. And and now we have this position where, uh, you know, uh, this is it's almost under it's this is further undermining great competitions throughout every league. Okay, uh, I've long maintained that they should shove fourth place into the Europa League and give the fourth position to the winners of the FA Cup. I don't care whether that's Cardiff. I don't care who it is. It would add some spice and fun into the damn thing or whatever anyway. Mm. Um, but you've got there by winning a trophy. And, and, and that to me would be more... It would, it would immediately push the <laughs> FA Cup back up in value. It would then mm. suddenly become something that everybody... And Ferguson and Wenger thought, would not yeah. be shoving out their kids for the third and fourth rounds. You mm. know, as if it's some sort of... Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the remarkable thing about um, Alex Ferguson and, and going on about the importance of the FA Cup and all this and, and how important it is. This was the team that, of course, didn't actually go in for it. But back <laughs> on to the, You know, they, they missed out a year to go to one no, of UEFA's junkets or whatever. And, no, to, and to, be, to be entirely fair, I suspect that probably had absolutely bugger all to do with Fergie. But well, yeah. As, as offering as a point of balance. But yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, you know, for me, the Champions League... Uh, you know, I have very fond memories of Liverpool and Forest and Villa storming through to the finals of those as champions of England and and, and winning those that competition in a knockout competition. You know, and I mm. I, I I do think it has been it's become a, a a huge money machine. And that that whole line about the most important reason we should win is to qualify for next year. Bollocks! The most important <laughs> reason to win it's is a big to trophy. Sort of shove it down the throats of everybody else. Mm. You know, I, I think I do think this time we have we have uh, managed to manoeuvre ourselves into a position where most of the Manchester United fans I know want us to win, and every one of the Arsenal fans I know want us to win because nothing would give them greater joy than to see Spurs ejected into the Europa League as well. Yeah, you know? I, I, every, every Spurs fan I know is. Why do Man United by... fans want us to win then? Uh, I just think there's. I, I genuinely don't think there's, they hold the same amount of bitterness towards us. I'm talking about a sample of Man United fans where I work, uh, who who just say, you know, you, you, you're there, you win it. I mean, I think it's important point is no no London clubs ever won this competition. Yeah, that's true. It would be it would be great to. Do, I mean, it'd be great to do it for any number of reasons. Yeah. moving away from the the money aspect of it, um, Mark. I just I just like your thoughts <coughs> having having spoken to you over a number of weeks. I you are a fairly traditional football kind of chap and I suspect has watched more than most of us um, what do you think of the whole thing as a competition itself I mean obviously we're, we're delighted to be there but mm. what do you think about it as a competition as a whole well I'm enjoying it particularly this season particularly this week mm. particularly this hour I'm sort of <laughs> I'm really enjoying it so um I don't know, maybe we're all hanking, hankering for a past that's just gone. It's a bygone era mm. that no longer exists. I mean, um, when I was younger, I remember being able to go out and not not even aware that f- mobile phones were going to exist in the future, but able to go out without fear of not being able to get in touch with anybody because I didn't have a phone in my pocket. You know, I could just walk down the street somewhere mm. not feeling insecure. And if I did have to get in contact, I might be able to find a payphone and ring home and say I'm stuck can you come and pick me up mm. whereas now you know no one can go out without their iPhone costing 40 quid a month mm. and the whole process of phoning has become commercialised and you know I remember my mum cooking at home and you know at certain times of the year we couldn't have roast potatoes you could only have new potatoes 
And you yeah. can only have um, certain types of vegetable at certain times of year because things only got delivered locally from what was grown locally. Whereas now you can get very expensive supermarkets such as Waitrose to deliver to your store <laughs> at obscure times of the day. <laughs> <laughs> and, and therefore, every aspect. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say if nothing else that was expertly worked in Donal we'll, we'll go over to you for your thoughts and you could explain Mark's anecdote and why we're all falling around <laughs> laughing um, <laughs> over to you sir um, I, I made the um, the mistake of admitting instead of just saying that I had to as we were doing warm up chats before this probably instead of saying there's a delivery coming and probably you know saying that um, Aldi were just dropping off, off you know, uh, half a tonne of extra cheap baked beans. I, I made the admission that I was actually waiting for a food delivery from Waitrose, which, <laughs> for some reason, you know, although I live within, you know, cordite-smelling distance of the murder mile here in Clapton, <laughs> I'm somehow now being held up as... <laughs> For some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of land, member of the landowning class and obnobber with uh, David Cameron. Was it, um, was, it, was it just because Harrods has stopped yeah. delivering out that way? <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't the van get stoned every time it drives up your street? <laughs> <coughs> Depends whose house it stops at, I would guess. But, uh, but anyway, going, going back to my point, I mean, it indeed, is true yes. that everything in our modern... Oh, you did have a point. Oh, I see. No, 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 Sorry, no, no, I'm no, just no, getting around to uh, reference to Waitrose. I, that, I'm saving that for later. <laughs> no, everything in our life is commercialised. Therefore, we can't be upset also that our football is commercialised. It's the way it is. And um, yeah, that's very do, do we want to go back to the days of um, sitting on broken wooden chairs in a rickety old north stand with a corrugated roof with rain leaking in all over the place? No. Um, no, you're absolutely With, right with one that. game on TV per year. We, we probably don't, actually. I mean, looking back through rose-tinted glasses, I can remember sitting there as a child with this bloke smoking cigars, which were allowed in those days, and the smell wafting across which I absolutely loved. But it's a sort of romantic memory of it all. But, mm. you know, modern day football is great, but yes, it's commercial, and we have to pay for it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true. Actually, I, 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 I dug out a quote which is, is, is relevant in, in terms of the fact I'm going to paraphrase it. It's Hunter S. Thompson. He is talking about the music industry, and it's, it's a famous one. But we'll, we'll substitute music business for football. Football is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There's also a negative side. Mm. <laughs> I think... Um, sorry, John. Yeah, no, I, and I, th- I think that, that sort of sums it up in, in terms of... Yes. I, think, I think Pete was right uh, in what he said. I, I also agree, you know, Mark, that times move on. And while Mark was running through, you know, those days without mobile it did occur to me and i'll throw this out obviously if someone can knock knock me back 10 percent when it really takes off but there must be a market out there for a mobile phone app probably aimed at the older user where when you sort of dial in a number uh, it, it emits the sort of vague odor of stale cigarettes and urine and you can <laughs> take us and make a sort hamburgers. of squeaky noise and you know you're transported back to that moment where you had to take your life in your hands and go into the phone box and at the same time the screen on your phone could throw up all those sort of 
rather uh, lurid cards offering the services of of ladies of the night and things like that. But anyway, <laughs> my, my, phone, I, I, my phone's I already been that though, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> but since I've discovered the problem, I no longer put my phone in my trouser pocket. <laughs> <laughs> but I digress. I, I think Pete, I, I did agree with Pete. Yeah, I the do. only thing I would say is that, that not defending UEFA, but this whole thing did grow out of the fear, much as has happened as did happen in English football, because of course the Premier League broke away from the FA, you know, the, the big five clubs, which at the time weren't ourselves, decided, you know, to chase the money and, and, and broke away from the FA. And, and was, there was the threat of, of, you know, the big European teams breaking away from the UEFA and forming a league. So they had to respond. Um, whether they could have ameliorated some of the, the worst, uh, Parts of this, which I always think that the worst side of it was that the they divided it up according to television audience, and you know countries like Holland and Belgium and some, and you know even Scotland, who had a, a good record in European competitions and had you know three or four clubs who could regularly play at that sort of level, mm. just lost out completely in terms of of the money because it was all divided up according to the size of TV audience and therefore population. And I think if there was one thing that I wish they they could have could rewind and, and look at again, it's how they how they gave each country access into the competition. You know, it basically finished any sort of Europe, Eastern European football other than, you know, the big money that comes out of Russia now. Mm. You know, all those sort of Eastern European teams it, it sort of finished them as a, as a as a force in Europe, and because you know at the time that they cut off the, the pump priming money, and now it, it's a sort of self fulfilling prophecy sort of thing. The teams stay, the teams that go in it like ourselves get more money back, can reinvest it, have better squads, therefore keep qualifying. And you know that is a problem with it that I I always feel, you know, and I, I do think. I, I'm going to alienate myself and obviously have to wear a false beard and glasses as I wander around Munich. Uh, <clears throat> I actually have some sympathy with Spurs. I think it is a ridiculous thing that you, you oh, yeah, don't, no, it's you don't know. It's just you don't know what you're qualifying for when you finish the season. I think that is absolutely ridiculous. That's nuts. It's absolutely nuts, irrespective of... You know, it is amusing in one way. It is amusing in one way because it's Spurs, but it could be anyway. It could have been Newcastle. It could, you know, any team could have been... To be honest, Spurs fans don't have much excitement, and this has given them extended excitement. (laughs) It's extended their season for a week, hasn't it? So, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's. I think it's. You obviously don't live. You obviously don't live in a household. I, I'm, I'm just trying to work. Gritted teeth. <laughs> I, I'm my mother's ninetieth birthday last uh, last week, and we all had a. We all went to uh, the West Lodge Park, where Super Frankie and the Chelsea boys have stayed on various occasions. I don't think England have. We took her there for high tea, you know, in keeping with the, the lifestyle I lead, and um, my whole family were there. No one had a word to say to me. Because they're all Tottenham fans, looking at me through gritted teeth. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a no mean feat in itself. Actually. Yeah, so, um, it's, it's it's a very good point. And to round this off, because I mean, I think I think we're on for for pretty much two hours tonight because we've got so much to ramble about. But hey, fuck it, we're enjoying ourselves. Um, 
I'll, we'll just well, just end point, by we'll saying we'll have to break away to go and pack our pants. Well, quite, <laughs> quite. Um, but we'll go back. I mean, d- just over twenty years ago, and without without googling and without um, without fiddling around with one's computer, um, who won the the European Cup as it was in nineteen ninety ninety one? Was that the Red Star sort of time? Was yeah, it? that's the one. Red Star Belgrade. Now, you know, you are simply not. You are never going to see that again, and unless you know a, a large. Russian oligarch takes over a small Eastern European club, bypasses all the financial fair play rules and so forth. But mm. but it's it is you well, know, just one invades them like they did before. That may be the way may, may be the way to do it. But but I think you know, I, and I would urge people to to read read Pete's article. Um, as I say, greatwhen dot com. It's well worth a read by a very good writer, not just because he's a mate, um, and it just makes some very salient points, which I hope we've. We've endeavoured to cover it. It's here. a good London website as well. I mean, he, he tends yes. to talk more about culture and, and London and stuff than he does football. On yeah, he is, he, is, he is a proper Londoner. It's, it's well, uh, worth, well, well worth a well, read. Well worth a gander. I hope I've earned my tenor in commission there. Ab- absolutely. I, I, you know, I've, I've been plugging his work for many years and I've never had a drink out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll remind him of that next time I see him. But uh, oh. Pete, enjoy, to, enjoy Saturday night. Um, what, what we would do now is... Um, Quickly, I want out of all of you, and it's a bit impromptu and on the spot. Um, I want your favourite Chelsea European night and your all-time favourite European stroke Champions League Cup final. Tony, go. Oh blimey! Um, favourite Chelsea Champions League moment. No, European. You know, it doesn't have to be Champions League. European. Um, I, I'm going to go with Zola coming on to score the goal uh, in the last European Cup Winners' Cup. Twenty-seven seconds. He was on the pitch. I think. Yep. Excellent. Carry on. Um, Some favourite European European Cup stroke Champions League game. Um, I'm gonna, uh, no, I'm going to exclude us um, from that particular one. Uh, I'm I'm very very tempted to say that I'm torn between Manchester United beating um, Bayern two one in the dying seconds of the game. Yeah. Because uh, as much as I really didn't want them to win that night, you could not was, remove the drama uh, of that. At, at the end, I was sort of cheering and then thinking bollocks they're going to be coming this back down our throats for ages but I, I in, in an odd way uh, being, being the kind of masochistic chat that I am uh, I still have unbelievably fond memories of 10 man Inter knocking Barcelona out two years ago I think it was or whatever when they won it um, and, 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 we, um, and showing we, we, showing we, you and I sorry to interrupt but you and I wax lyrical absolutely on the it night was, over text message by Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah, fabulous night. Uh, I think I'd, I'd. So there you go. That's my bit. Excellent, Donal. Your favourite Chelsea European night? Um, I know it's very easy always to to go with the most recent memory, particularly when you're getting old. And you know, the threat of, Al- <laughs> the threat of Alka-Seltzer is, is just around the corner. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I I think I'm going to have to. Not in footballing terms, because it probably wasn't our finest footballing display, but it was a fine defensive display. But I, the other night against Barcelona, I think you have to go a long way, a long, long way to, to better the emotions of that night. You know, even though we, ultimately we may never win the thing, you know, I just, that was about, that was football at its purest in terms of emotion, if not the actual practice of the game itself. And I, mm. You know, there, there have been some great, you know, even going back to 
the problem with, with, with going back years is you, you saw less and less of the European football. You know, you'd only maybe see the, the finals and things like that. So there may have been greater Chelsea nights <coughs> in some ways. But I think that mm. Barcelona game will stay with me an awful long time. I, I mean, the, the, the one where we beat them uh, 3-2, you know, with the, uh, the, the Carvalho tug on the goalie, that, that probably comes close. The, yeah, I would say. I th- I think one of those times, two, I think. That was an all-time you know. great, wasn't it? But, you know, the, the one the other night, I think, purely because no one gave us a, a shooting chance. And, uh, it was, you know, we talked about it enough, but yes, I think it was that one. And your, your all-time favourite European Cup stroke Champions League game, Chelsea or otherwise? Um, I don't know. Um, there was one, there was one game where Real Madrid beat, um, United when Keane was playing and they had an Argentinian in midfield. Fernando Redondo. Redondo. And the, and the, and the little drag back. Yeah, he absolutely oh. owned them that night. You know, there was... Uh, I, I, know, don't, exactly I don't have an all-time sort of favourite game, I don't think. Although I did enjoy... Was, was that the European Cup when Barcelona played... Um, who did they play over here? Was it... Um, Sampdoria. Oh, that was a good game. At Wembley, yeah. They won one nil, I think, as far as yeah. I recall. That was a good game. Uh, yeah. the, I couldn't really put my finger on, but I do remember the Redondo performance. Uh, yeah, oh, that was. I think he got injured shortly in the season after that. He, he sort of faded away, but well, was, night, he absolutely owned them. I thought. Yeah, it was quite sad actually because he um, he moved. He moved, after that he moved to um, AC Milan and he, he was dogged by injury yeah um, and bearing in mind I think his, his natural position was actually a defensive midfielder so t- to, to be sort of on the touchline and performing clever little drag backs and, and bamboozling defenders is is quite some feat but he I think he made very very few appearances for AC Milan in the, the couple of seasons with him and he retired Mm. Fairly soon after that, but it, it's it's one of those things f- for the younger listeners who haven't seen it mm. to to go on YouTube and and just and just well Google Redondo drag back because you'll see it and it, it's it's a remarkable piece of skill that that just I remember jumping out of my seat when I saw it and thinking Christ on a bike that was a Del Bosque Real Madrid wasn't it and yes he actually got they won it in the end he got sacked didn't he afterwards and yeah so, well it was I think oh, our was, man won't be the first to win it. <laughs> But it was, um, yeah, it was the era. I think, um, and some of those sucky AC Milan teams as well. They, they were, oh, well, I'd, I'll come on to that. But uh, um, but um, Mark, over, over to your your favourite Chelsea European night. Well, I agree with Donal. Really, I mean, it might be the most recent, and therefore the only one I can remember. But I think you have to go a long way to beat Barcelona away. Mm. in that that probably was our finest hour and it was sort of our battle of Britain where the odds were stacked against us but somehow or other we pulled through and hopefully if it was our battle of Britain we will go one stage further and eventually win the ultimate war and bring home the Champions League and and Saturday is our our D-Day well we're you know we've marched all the way to Munich and um, we're not coming home without it really I think (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I Actually, that's, look, that's looking at my travel plans, I was thinking that some of the guys who landed at D-Day <laughs> probably, probably got to Germany down so quickly, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. um, um, and Mark, your, your all-time favourite European Cup stroke Champions League oh. game? Well, I think it's got to be the Barcelona game, but um, if I can't have that one, 
it may sound a bit like heresy, but actually some of the Liverpool Champion League wins in the, whenever it was, the Keegan era, mm. the Graham Souness era. And, and the strange thing was, back in those days, that uh, I always used to support whichever English team was playing abroad, whether it was Manchester United, mm. or British team, whether it was Celtic, Nottingham Forest, or Liverpool. It was more done back then, wasn't it? Well, it was definitely done. I think everyone did it back then. And also, as a Chelsea fan, we never thought we'd have any hope of ever winning the championship because Liverpool would guarantee to win every season. And therefore, we'd never get to a European Cup final. Mm. And therefore, you had to support someone. And you might as well support the English team. And they were the only games on TV apart from the FA Cup final. Mm. And some of the performances were tremendous. And I can still remember... um, admiration of Graham Souness who would go into crunching tackles all over the place but he could still play and I remember one goal he got from outside the box where he thumped it in and I think Liverpool won 4-0 I can't remember what round it was or who they were playing but I do remember a lot of those Liverpool performances and they were terrific but it was it, it was it was literally shit or bust then wasn't it? You d- you didn't have a group stage to to get you out of the shit. You had yeah, it was knockout all the way. Yeah, it, it was knockout all the way. And if you got a, a bad away tie, you had to win it. And that was that mm. was all there was. Yeah, to there was it. no seeding. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, a very good point. A very good point. I think someone wrote an article recently pointing out that the the amount of um, away wins. I'm sure this was football. Yeah, uh, the amount of away wins in European competition has gone up in recent years because of. You know the, the idea that the big teams, particularly, um, are more cosmopolitan. Uh, travel is better. You know, you, you're not sort of disappearing into, you know, Budapest behind the Iron Curtain, where you know, with a load of lads who've never been outside of Glasgow and all this sort of thing. You know, that's all changed. Not not, and, not sitting in the hotel foyer going, "This is like a foreign country." Yeah, that's <laughs> no, true. I mean, everywhere you go now. I mean, yeah. I go I go to a lot of um, UK games. And sometimes I drive, and you can go up north, and you still don't feel you're in a different country because you can pull into the service station, and they have a Waitrose Express. <laughs> so you, you can always feel you've got home comforts. Never, know, never knowing the undersold. <laughs> quite, quite. Right. This, this, can I just point out, while we're, while we're heavily taking the... the Extracting the urine from me. <laughs> and, and flying it over your mobile phone just to make you feel even more. Can I just point out, can I just point out that the surname is Foley and uh, there is such a thing as a Foley catheter, which is used for obviously <laughs> moving <a> urine. <laughs> right. This podcast has been brought to you by a, a laptop that was bought from the partnership. And, oh. you know, having said that now and how well it's worked, it will blow up any second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just doing this in two parts. Right, I'm going to offer... I, I, sh- I shall offer my, my, my two. Favourite Chelsea European night is um, Chelsea v Vicenza at the bridge um, in the Cumberland's yes. Cup. Um, just just purely because I, I was I was planted at the West End with a mate of mine, Colin, who will hopefully listen to this at some point. We got absolutely drenched. This was obviously in the days of the West End didn't have a have a roof um Sparky came on um I think I th- I, it was it was not the sort of a performance that even you know it's not that long ago but you simply wouldn't get away with he came on he kicked a few people he elbowed a few people 
the ball came forwards to him. He headed it on in an assist for himself and thumped the most gorgeous goal into the bottom corner and basically sent us to our first European final since you know 1971. And it was, it, it's the sort of thing that if I've got in my mind how I want tomorrow or Saturday night to go, it's that's how I want it to be. Didn't um, Ed make? Uh... He made an extraordinary save, yeah. um, I, I, like a minute from the end or something ridiculous like that, which a goal which would have put us out. Yeah. Um, but that, for me, was, was my absolute favourite. And, and I think probably the last pitch invasion I saw at Stamford Bridge. And where are Vincenza now? Are they Serie B? I, yeah, I think they are, actually. Um, but that, that was the one for me. That was, that was my absolute favourite. Um, all-time favourite European Cup stroke Champions League game. Um, 1994 AC Milan Barcelona um, it wasn't Sachi who was who was in charge at the time it was actually Capello but he, oh, right, he'd sort yeah. of he'd taken over and, and he was basically he was still playing Sachi's system there's no question about it um, and it, it really was just billed as, 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 as the clash of the titans and it was Cruyff Barcelona it was it was basically Sachi's Milan as, as much as Capello actually did it and won it um but it was it was all the more remarkable in the sense that they simply AC Milan simply took Barcelona to pieces, and they did it. If we want inspiration for for Saturday night, they did it with. Um, they didn't. I don't think they had Maldini. I don't think Maldini played, and I don't think Baresi played. I, they they were kind of down two kind of key defenders, and I've got a feeling a a nineteen year old Christian Panucci cropped up in the back four somewhere. Um, but it, it's, it's memorable, memorable in the sense that it's an extraordinary game. But the fourth goal is is Marcel Desailly in his pomp when he played um, mm. in midfield for for AC Milan, just striding forwards like he's got all the time in the world and just curling this beautiful goal in to make it 4-0 and a remarkable game if, if you can get hold of a copy of it on DVD or search it out on YouTube it's worth watching because it's another you know how I want our Champions League victory to be is you know you're playing against an absolute all time great team and you just steamroll them mm. that's my that's my one talking about Simulano one of my few previous forays was to the San Siro um, when we Played them in the in the Champions League when, when Dennis Wise scored there, and that that was the first return of Desai to to um, the yes. San Siro, and uh, the emotion that night it was. He went you know, they were only playing sort of little Chelsea really, but they the whole they had a massive crowd there, and a lot of them were there just to see Desai. Yeah, because he went mm. over to I, I remember watching it, but he went over to them. I can't remember it was before or after the game and he went to the, the Curva Nord which is yeah. where mm. the boys sit and, and it's where when, when Shevchenko agreed to to leave Milan and come to Chelsea as much as we try not to think about it he was actually invited by you know the chief of the ultras who had his who has his seat in the Curva Nord um, you know in the, in the front row and he was actually invited by you know Mr. Ultra himself to, to sit with him and sort of you know kind of wave goodbye but yeah Desai went over and sort of thumped his chest and, and waved at them and, um, and it was, was cool. his form dipped for a few games after that I noticed at the time because I'd been there I sort of was aware of how emotional it was and uh, yeah when he came back he had a couple of really poor games he picked up again after that but I think it affected him quite a lot going back then I can, I can imagine <sighs> remember it being quite a remarkable sight right we will move on to the next topic 
we have put together as as a group a compilation of, of stuff you should be listening to in our opinion over 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 the next couple of days to inspire you for for, for Saturday night um, a compilation called now that's what I call Munich volume one um, oh that's excellent one, one for the teenagers just came came out of nowhere that one um, we all had to pick three songs with the Chelsea FC theme and it could be as strong or as vague as you like and we are awarding bonus points for the most spurious reason why you're linking this song to Chelsea um, Donal we haven't actually heard yours because we all nattered over it nattered a bit over it by email previously so your three songs and the reasons why they are Chelsea you are being marked for their, their Chelsea-ness and, and how you're linking the right. song to us Go. Yes, I, I think when it comes to linking them, marks for Chelsea-ness, I might, I might be struggling here. Okay, we're going to start. Make, we're make open That's what we're doing. With, you know, the great Van the Man. And um, one of his, uh, one of my favourites of his, Bulbs, which is from his Beat and Fleece album, which was released way back <coughs> when dinosaurs ruled the earth. Uh, it opens off with the immortal lines, I'm kicking off from centre field a question of being down for the game and I think we can see the connection I there. Think that, that I way. think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's worth a point. I'll, I'll, a question of, it's, it's all about being there for the game this weekend, isn't it? Absolutely. And um, the last couple of lines um, and she's standing in the shadow down where the street lights all turn blue and of course we want everything to be, to be blue Excellent. this weekend. So three points for that. I'm, be, I'm being entirely arbitrary here, but that's three points for your first one. All good. Uh, nothing that I ever deal with could satisfactorily pass on without it, some reference to the world of good old country music. Mm. And um, here, I, I it's almost a, a massive, you know, hadron collider type collision of country music and railway. I'm travelling oh. to. I'm travelling to Munich on Eurostar to Brussels where I change to Cologne onto the sleeper from Cologne down to Munich arriving in early Saturday morning leaving at 5 o'clock on Sunday morning to come back to Cologne to then pick up a train back to Brussels and then on back to St Pancras so rail is very much and I'm going with smoke along the tracks the Stonewall Jackson version you may have heard Amy Lou Harris or Dwight Yoakam, although thinking of most of the audience probably listening to this, they wouldn't have heard of any of those. No, 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 I but, um, I'm aware of the Dwight Yoakam version. I... And, uh, of course, the I think the, the kernel of the, the lyrics, I know my baby loves me, I love my baby too, but she don't understand me when I'm feeling blue. <laughs> mainly because she's a Tottenham fan. And when I hear that whistle blow, I hurry home to pack and kiss my baby crying in the smoke along the track. You know, there we go. As soon as I hear Chelsea calling, I'm off. And uh, It's all good. There's a point there for the railway reference and a point there for Blue, so it's two points. You're on five points. It's, it's, right. it, it's a good start. Your third choice. And I'm now going to say Blue Monday. And, of course, you're all now in your... You're sort of squatting down, you're rolling your shoulders, you're doing your, you know, mank sort of nonsense. Forget it all. We're talking about a fellow king of the ivories, Fats Domino. 
Blue Monday from 1956. Tony's bringing a sign. I was just turning the screw there. Well, Because you you're, you're going to be the closet mank for tonight. But I'm, I'm looking. I'm down in New Orleans, so um, one, I'm one, sort of at one the bottom point. of the Mississippi rather than at the top of the Manchester Ship Canal. One, one point awarded there for the wind-up, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll just give you the uh, the final four lines from uh, Blue Monday. Uh, Sunday morning, my head is bad, but it's worth it for the time I've had. But I've got to get my rest because Monday is a mess. And it bloody well will be for the time I get I I Two points for that. I did, that's... That's magnificent. So you have a total, which I, I early on may be unassailable. I'm saying eight points for that. Ah, thank you. Mark, over to you. Well, what are the maximum number of points you can get per song? It's, it's entirely subjective. So this, <laughs> it, you're doing this on a QI scoring system. Yes. It's, yeah. no, no one knows. <laughs> and, to, and Tony, you could be Alan Davis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I would hasten to add because I'm marking I'm, I'm disqualifying myself I've picked some fairly obvious ones and I'm not awarding myself any points so it's between you three Mark over to you yeah, well, when you sent round your email with our homework <laughs> I, I did think um, should I go on to www.songswithblueinthetitle.ru <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't and I'm, but I didn't I thought that's I'm, a bit lazy I'm, I'm and um but actually, I just couldn't be asked. So I thought I will. Um, what I will do is I'll pick songs that exist at that moment on my iPod. Yes, I have an iPod. My, I dispensed with the Walkman a few weeks ago. It's a, it's, it's a bonus point for, for um, technology. Yeah, we like. So my first song is um, David Bowie "Heroes," and the, and the reason that I chose that one is that I thought it mirrored what was going on in the training camp at the moment with Robbie with his dilemma about who to play up front. And he may well go for a combination of Drogba and Torres. And I could imagine him sitting down with them, just the three of them, hidden away in a corner of the dressing room, saying to Drogba, you will be king. And then turning to Torres and saying, and you will be queen. (laughs) Just for one day, you can be heroes. And I think they can play together, and they can be heroes. So um, that's my first choice. I'm liking that. There's, there's, there's two points there, so you're on three points. You're equal with Donal after your first song. So um, My second on. song is um, from a young Swedish band. Actually, they're not a band, really. They're just um, two sisters uh, called First Aid Kit, which is the kind of song that I like to... Um, or the kind of group I like to put on my um, iPod because when my kids pick up my iPod and sort of flick through it just to laugh at what this old fart might have actually downloaded. <laughs> they sort of look at amazement and think, wow, how did he get this unheard of group that um, you have to be 18 to really get onto your iPod? So it's down with the kids type stuff. And they've got an album out called The Lion's Roar. And they've also got a track on there called um, Blue. Oh. And The Lion's Roar is the Chelsea emblem. And come Saturday night at whatever time it is, German time, be about quarter to 11, won't it? Mm. I think it's actually think officially it's... known as Central European time. Yeah. Um, German time. They don't own the place. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. <laughs> not, not yet, anyway. O- <laughs> only, only we own time. Yeah. We invented time. <laughs> Quite. Um, GMT plus one. That's what we So the, the lion's roar will be heard at quarter to 11, um, GMT plus one. 
And First Aid Kit also is the name of the band, and I think um, that may be pertinent, and I'm hoping we don't need too much First Aid Kit on Saturday night, and that Luis and Cahill don't break down, and I don't need a First Aid Kit, and I don't break down. And and, and that's my connection for um, that band and that song on Saturday. Excellent. There's there's three points there right away. And, and, and lastly, I've gone for James Morrison, who sort of is a bit for old farts, really. Um, and his track called One Last Chance. And I think it is one last chance for a number of people. Um, Czech, Lamps, Drogba, it may be their last chance to win a Champions League medal. Yep. It's definitely Chelsea's last chance to qualify for the Champions League this season. And it might be Robbie's last chance to win a game and get in the job for the next two or three years. True, true. I would say, as, as, as much as it's a cop-out, I'd say there's three points there. You're, you're, you're winning. Nine points. Fantastic. How did he do that then? Thanks very much. I d- he that did. I, 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 I'll, 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 ex- I'll explain that offline when we meet in Munich. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this up as I go along, obviously. Um, Tony, the pressure's on. Nine, ah, points. Nine, points tar- nine points is the target to beat. You are going to have to work hard for this. Yeah, so I, Joe, I, I never put really any amount of thought into it, really, to be quite <laughs> honest. Otherwise, I would have been trawling through my back collection of, uh, uh, of David Bowie albums and Pink Floyd albums and Led Zepp albums. And um, I think I probably would have put, um, you know, uh, to be honest with you, looking at the choice now, I would definitely have had Paranoid by Black Sabbath in there. Uh, because that's kind of how I'm feeling at the moment. <laughs> you you, you you're on, you're on a point there. I'm liking that. Yeah, um, but uh, the first choice, obviously, uh, you know, um, so I know you're not reading yours out. I'm reading them for you. You went for liquid. No, I don't. Hang on a minute. I'm re- <laughs> oh, oh, I did. I thought you weren't reading yours out. You weren't. I am, but I'm not marking myself. Uh, Carry right, on. Okay. Um, the first one I went for was the Mank version of Blue Monday. Um, because it's quite simply a great song, a song I absolutely love. Fond memories of, uh, uh, of trawling around clubs and that in the 80s and, uh, and 90s or whatever and that one being a sort of maxim of the of the dance floor but also simply because it's got the word blue in it and on Monday I'm hoping when everybody's back from Munich that we are painting this country blue okay and not Absolutely. through sorrow absitely through sheer pride everybody basically for one day will be saying we're not worthy apart from spurs fans of course who would be utterly bitter and twisted but there you go but fuck um, <laughs> right two points move on and then the next one um was uh, it was break on through by the doors um i would have specified the live version of the legends uh, uh one of the albums that I've got um, it's just a fabulous fabulous song anyway um, uh, and it was really alluding to the fact that uh, you know we just need to break on through one more time right we just need that get through to the other side of this and we will be written throughout footballing history and we will have a huge monkey off our backs and uh, the first you know the, the number of firsts and records that we've broken uh, by us doing it would be great but also because uh, the romantic in me okay the the kind of rather w- uh, careworn old romantic in me had this vision of the podding shed in about 20 years time <laughs> when we're being either Zimmer framed up to a pub 
on a Saturday afternoon for a traditional three o'clock kickoff um, for the Euro Super League that we will be in by then. You think um, there's going to be a traditional three o'clock kickoff? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost tempted to deduct a point for naivety. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Plus, pubs won't exist. We'll all be sitting well, at home. Watching, um, on our plasma screens as Waitrose deliver the beer. <laughs> I, I believe. I, I, I believe it will. Uh, the reason I had that was my warped logic had Ken Bates in the formation of it somewhere, and that was just his little sop towards uh, traditionalism. But I, I had this vision of us, you know, wheeled up like Alf Garnet by Marigold uh, to the side of the pitch at Stanford Bridge <laughs> afterwards, and the lyrics: "We chased our pleasures here, dug our treasures there." But can you still recall the time we cried? Break on through to the other side, and that will all refer back to this weekend. And there's, 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 there's an extra point there for, for, for sheer emotiveness. I'm like, absolutely. You. <laughs> and and you're, then last, you're on, you're on, you're on four points. Yeah, you, and you lastly, need six to win. You're gonna have to work hard here. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I went for um, one. It wasn't specific to Europe. It was really majorly down to the fact that we are Chelsea fans. We have at various times described ourselves as bipolar. We've been described by Danny Baker as bipolar. Uh, (coughs) We have all gone through the ringer throughout our whole Chelsea period. of, of, uh, And it's never been level. It's always been peaks and troughs. Peaks of joy, ecstasy, troughs of utter despair. Chelsea fans lined up on Putney Bridge ready to throw themselves into the Thames after losing a midweek game to bloody Aston Villa or West Ham or something like that um, and it was just quite simply 19th nervous breakdown by the Rolling Stones and I said that's basically one for every home game I've been to this year <laughs> two points right there I'm liking it uh, and on to you then Johnny boy excellent well I'm not marking myself I hereby declare Mark the winner with nine points Stone with eight and, um, and Tony with six can I can I just say that if if I can play I can play two of those songs on my list straight off my phone mm. would that get me another point and at least a draw? Um, not, not that I'm being bitter <laughs> or in any way childish. It, it, it I just feel that I, I, <laughs> it, with, with all the Waitrose related no. nonsense it, these it, days. It, it, now the season has ended. The season and ended. I know I now know what I've won and my my prize cannot be taken away from me I, it's, it's after the season's right. ended. I mean, make you feel um, like a Spurs fan. Listen, I, that I haven't actually them. mentioned yet that the prize is to buy a round in Munich, but I mean, aside of it... Oh, yeah, yeah, but we'll never meet up. We'll work on it. Can I just make a comment there? That, um, don't make it quick. Blatant, blatant badgering of you there um, surely qualifies as what should be called Foley time. <laughs> <laughs> It is added another four minutes on to the end of the bloody game. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the podcast equivalent of Fergie pointing at his exactly. watch. Right, Indeed. my my three, and I'm not marking myself for these because it would be grossly unfair. Um, they're obvious anyway. Um, Liquidator, Harry J. All Stars. Come on, I mean, you simply cannot have Chelsea music without it. End of story. Agreed. Bob Marley and the Whalers, Three Little Birds. Don't worry about a thing. Every little thing's going to be all right. I'm not entirely sure where we started playing that. It was after one of the European games, but it seems to become a bit of a fixture. And and there's just something about it that seems to fit us. It's all good. And lastly, Kraftwerk Autobahn. It's German, um, and and that's really about it, other than the fact that the Chelsea coach will be on an Autobahn at some point in the not-too-distant future. That's that. Mm-hmm. Moving on, um, some stuff about Munich and Bayern Munich. Um, the way we will structure this, I, I'll just 
give you a quick introduction about Bayern Munich and what I would like everyone to concentrate on is how well the Germans do football and, and how and how they do it and how cheaply they do it. Bayern Munich. Can I, can I just say, John, in the interest of balance, you will of course be giving us something about 1860 Munich because they will form a broad tranche of our support on Saturday night, I would have thought. Yes, they will. They're sort of known as the People's Club. It's a bit like Liverpool and Everton. Is it? I see. Carry on, sorry. But um, that's all I have to offer on them because I I don't remember that much about them. Mm. Bayern Munich have 130,000 members. Um, They all they all pay their subs, and you get money off your your subscription if you if you book tickets. Um, Their most expensive ordinary season ticket, 650 euros, which is about 500 quid. That's not bad going, as far as I'm concerned. Their cheapest season ticket, if you want to stand behind the goal in a, in a fairly average position in the Alliance Arena bearing in mind that your season ticket includes free travel on match days and you can also have it doesn't include beer but you can stand there with a beer 80 euros how good is that? how much would we like to be able to say to folk who can't afford it and also to our Mayor of London Boris Johnson a these people are going to get into the ground for 80 euros, so the folk who can't generally afford football these days could afford to see it. And also, free free public transport travel on match day. So how many people would you get off the roads and all the pollution and all the bits that go with it? But and our tickets, our tickets get us free travel, don't they? Yes, <laughs> your, your, your final ticket gets you free travel. I would point out, um, and I've, I've seen it happen elsewhere in Germany when I was there for the World Cup, don't be waving your ticket about too much at the station because... It yeah. will get swiped, but a th- I think a three-day travel card for the whole of the Munich area is about eleven euros. So, buy one of them. Doesn't mean. Will, will the three-day travel card get you into the Champions League final? Um, alas, no. I'm, I'm working on the basis. If the man doesn't turn up with my ticket, I'm going to kind of get to the front of the queue and say, "Can I have one for the Champions League final, please?" And just happens. Um, if nothing else, um, the Alliance Arena. It's a magnificent sight when you're walking up to it drink it in because it looks extraordinary. I suspect a lot of people will, will come past it when they come in from the airport. It looks amazing. It is an extraordinary site. It cost them 340 million quid to build in 2005. Less than half the price that it cost us to build Wembley and boy does it look a whole lot better. I saw on Chelsea TV that it can be lit in either red, white or blue depending on who's playing there. Yes. So what well, colour will it be lit on Saturday? Um, apparently it's going to be green and blue um, because that if you've got your Champions League ticket, that's the Champions League ticket is green, and they're also throwing some blue in there. But I've yet to see, I've seen kind of artist mock-ups, so I've not actually seen the. Okay, as long as it's not red. That... If it's red, I will be writing to my European MP. Do you know who he is? Yes. Excellent work. Do so then. But yeah, no, that, that's the deal. If, um... Thank God you didn't ask me what his name was. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say you bluffed that beautifully there, Mark. Brilliantly done. Yeah, somewhere, there's, somewhere there's a female politician spitting feathers at his very moment. <laughs> but yeah, no, when, when Bayern play, it's red. When Tother Munich team 1860 play, it's, um, it's blue. And when the German national team play, it's white. And that's the way it works. Um, Moving on, um, Mark, you made an excellent suggestion. I worked out in Munich for a few months, and I can remember a reasonable amount about it. How, how many months exactly did you work there? Uh, about six months. And, and so. did you become fluent in German while you were out there? I could order a beer, and I could yeah. order I could order pork products, and say thank you. And frank- pork products. 
pork products of, of any type, if you, you, you will see, you go to Munich, that pork is... <laughs> this is very, very... going to go out of shape. <laughs> yeah, fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? But yeah. pork... So if I go to the nearest kosher restaurant, I'll be in good stead then, really. So just go <laughs> and me on those titles. In. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, no, trust me, pork is king. You, you will be able to eat very little if you don't eat pork in Munich. I'm sure there are vegetarian restaurants, but they will not be populated by many Chelsea fans. Um, you are more than welcome to throw your questions at me about Munich from now. This is to well, the I, 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 I'm not actually going, so I'll, I'll sit here and um, I'll, I'm going to think up something um, historical about it, I think. I'm going to Google, Google <laughs> get- facts on Munich. It's exactly. Well, I'm going to Google the same thing just in case I can't answer it. I've got a bit of time Saturday then, and um, my flight's not till three on Sunday. Right. So if if I had to see one thing on Saturday and one thing on the Sunday, so that you don't laugh at me when I come back from Munich and you say, what, you didn't see the Marienplatz or whatever it is, what are the two things I should definitely see? Um, first, first thing I would say, go to the Marienplatz because it's very touristy and it, it is the main drag. Um, but the the town hall there, which is kind of the, the new town hall, I believe the old one was bombed out or removed or whatever, um, it's called the Neues Rathaus. It's just amazing. It looks fantastic and you you simply can't miss it. It's a very big sort of Gothic-style building. Um, lots of bars around it. Definitely take a look at that. Um, Sunday, if you've got a couple of, couple of hours spare, go to the English Garden. It's as I mentioned previously, it's it's a park slap bang in the middle of Munich. It's much bigger than Central Park in a city that's much smaller. Lots of green space. I suspect on Saturday it will be filled with Chelsea and Bayern Munich fans all drinking beer. If someone throws a football in the middle, it could be fantastic. Or it could be quite dramatically bad, to be perfectly honest. But, um, but yeah, they're the two places I would recommend you see. Thanks. And, and what's the main dish? The, the number one thing I should eat? Um, the number one thing you should eat, Schweinhaxer, which is pork knuckle, um, and it comes with dumplings and cabbage. And as much as, as, much as it doesn't sound terribly pleasant, it is. It, it sounds like the sort of punishment food my mum would... So what's it, it called again? No way. <laughs> it's, called, it's called Schweinhaxer. Schweinhaxer. Hmm. I thought he played in midfield. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fella. I'm hoping... I'm hoping Feinsteiger and dumplings. Feinsteiger. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what sort of reception you'll get if you ask for that at a restaurant. And, and where is the best place to? What are the best places for restaurants? Um, to be honest, around the centre, there, there's an awful lot. What you need to do is, uh, if the weather is decent as it is, aim for a beer garden or one of the, the beer kellers, which will have an outside bit. Um, the best beer to drink there is Agostina, and if you can get to the Agostina garden and get a beer in there or the Agostina Keller, rather, and get a beer in there. Absolutely fantastic. Um, in the ce- in the centre of Munich, um, the Marienplatz will be packed, and it is very touristy. The Hofbrauhaus is the, is the big attraction. It's not that great. It's it's quite touristy, and it's, it tends to be sort of around there. I think it's this Killian's, which is the big Irish pub, which I suspect will be showing um, Blackpool West Ham in the playoff final. Um, any, anywhere around there, to be perfectly honest, they just do food very well. Um, and if you go somewhere quite traditional um, and you avoid, you know, the, the sort of the pizza McDonald's type thing, you probably won't be disappointed. Um, the other thing to try is vice first, which is the, it, it's white pu- it's it's kind of white pudding rather than black pudding, um, which is done with veal and bacon fat. And as disgusting as it sounds, 
it's served with um, a sweet mustard and pretzels, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Get yourself one of those. Sounds good. I'm a bit worried about currency. Mm-hmm. Do you think Germany will still be in the euro by Saturday, and should I take my old Deutschmark? <laughs> to be perfectly honest, if I could work that out, I would, I would have the box... In, in the Alliance Arena that I was offered last week for 156,000 euros or however many Deutschmarks that may be. Mm. Hedge your bets, I would say. Okay. And don't, Donal, I've got a question for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where this is going. No, you don't. Have you bought or are you going to rent your um, Lederhosen? Ah, <clears throat> I've been advised that um, the cost of Lederhosen is, is, is quite steep. So I, I may... I used to, many years ago, uh, do a lot of cycle racing. So I've got lots of old um, pairs of cycling shorts, and I may well just cut all the chamois out of those and sew them together <laughs> and sort of have a sort of chamois short, which will be more comfortable than, than the traditional later hosing. Excellent. That sounds work. good. Excellent work. Mm. Uh, mm. I think that probably covers Munich for us, unless anyone has any, um, any other points to add. No, um, the only thing that we were wondering about was if we arrive there, in terms of, as they, do they have things like they used to in, in Britain, you know, like public baths where you could go and actually have a bath or a shower? Um, not that I'm aware of. There's, there's, a, there's a few sort of ponds and lakes in the, um, the English mm-hmm. Garden, which... Uh, it's going to be a bit chilly for that. I'm sure they'll have one at the station mm-hmm. when you arrive. <laughs> No, seriously, the, um, I mean, they do at King's Cross and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, actually. They may well do. Yeah. No, I was just wondering if they had, like, you know, the old traditional Public things bars. that we don't have here anymore, you know, like mm. shower places. I, I, no, I mean, I they... think since they've been selling all those BMWs, everyone's got a bathroom in their own house now, and the public bath has disappeared. <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> much like it has here, but I just wondered. I, and I just wondered whether, you know, like, they sometimes put up campsites and things for people, don't they? And, well, I, I suspect there, there will be a fan a fan area somewhere or other. I've not seen too much reference to it, but they, I, when I went out there for the World Cup, it was certainly very well done. Um, so By fan area, you mean uh, an agglomeration of fans rather than a fan that's blowing the odour <laughs> of thousands of drunken Chelsea fans away from the city? Sort of miasma that rises up into the mountains I suspect and all the goats start keeling over I suspect yeah we'll, we'll probably destroy the Alps quite easily but um, <laughs> um, I think the only the only other thing I have to offer uh, I, German phraseology is not my strong point hospital is Krankenhaus um, just in case you need it um, and if you're looking for an informal kind of cheers goodbye thanks whatever it happens to be Schuss is your is, is your offering? Don't bother with Alfie Design because they'll look at you like you're mad. Because that's quite that's quite formal. It's called just Chus, which is T S C H U with an umlaut and then the double S thing, which I can't remember what the name of it is. Chus. If you what, say what's that, hello? what's hello? Um, hola. Guten Tag. Guten Tag. Or something along those lines. But yeah, Chus. When you leave, that 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 kind of goes down well. Mm. And that's all I'm offering. Um, and then when, when they say, and have a nice day, and you go, thank you, and the whistles start blowing. <laughs> oh, sorry, actually. Whist- whistles blow, people oh, shout, people shout, behind people, us. people shout, don't tell him, Pike, and so forth. Um, <clears throat> I think that's probably, that's almost about it. Um, what I would suggest is is that Donal has been working on his umpire music, 
I'm just giving you a bit of a lead in here so you're ready. And then, okay. af- then afterwards, I've, I've got a motivational speech which I've written, which I'm four bottles of quite strong cider down, so I don't know how it's going to come out. Um, but I'll offer that after Donald's given us a, a quick blast on his organ. Yes. I think um, to set the scene, we're obviously high in the Bavarian mountains, in a village somewhere, and we wander into a beer keller. Is there a lonely goat herd nearby? There are several lonely goats, and they've, they've all got so lonely, they've gone down the beer keller for a beer. Marvellous. And uh, in the corner of the, the beer keller, a, a small band is setting up as busty four lines with Marvellous. large steins of beer, foaming beer, hanging everywhere. And... Um, you're sort of getting a... Are you getting that sort of... I, I'm, I'm liking the vibe, you know, yeah. We're, we're there. Sort of... Carry on, carry on. And we're going to go with a very traditional football song, but uh, in the style of the uh, Barbarian Umpire Band. And as is usual in these matters, this is going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> Nothing, hang in, hang in there. And nothing you may, wrong with us. To be perfectly honest, we've been going so long, if anyone's still listening, it'll be a miracle. But <laughs> you may spot a tune in here somewhere. Okay, we're off. <laughs> Loud and clear. Do you want another rendition of it? No, no, I heard it perfectly. That's what we wanted to hear. (laughs) You asked for that. Uh, It's like like the cricket today, I'll just up there and you put them over the pavilion. Indeed. Um, Just one question I forgot. How far away is Munich? um, Munich is about. In, in terms of flight time, it's about an hour and a half, hour and three quarters or so. So probably just about enough time to listen to this entire podcast. So it's about, what, seven, eight hundred miles? Seven hundred miles, yeah. 11, hour, 11 hours driving, according so, to... So it's yeah. outside the Waitrose delivery zone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it is, yes. <laughs> Possibly outside the travel card as well, but... <laughs> um, what I will do now is I will offer... I, I, I pondered all things Champions League and, and European Cup and, and Chelsea and I, I tried to encompass it all in, in one final motivational speech which I think is probably going to be more Alan Bennett than Al Pacino but I'll, I'll give it a crack anyway um, <clears throat> my feeling is that this competition to Chelsea has been both a blessing and a curse we've experienced some extraordinary lights like the one in the new Camp a couple of weeks ago um, heartbreak in Moscow and a a fair amount of appalling injustice somewhere in between and injustice in life tends to be the driving force that that makes people do remarkable things and to this end there's any number of reasons why we need to do it but I think we need to win it for Roy Bentley and I'm going to explain why now in 1955 Roy who was 88 years young yesterday and Chelsea won the English First Division title for the first time. And by doing so, they qualified for a new European Cup competition which was devised by two French journalists, Gabriel Anor and Jacques Ferrand. Um, and it was called the European Champions Club Cup. Now, naturally, the FA were on hand 
to fuck things up. The Secretary of the Football League, Alan Hardacre, felt that English football didn't really need to sully itself by playing Johnny Foreigner and, um, and, and their team <coughs> driving ways. And he stopped Chelsea from entering. So Roy Bentley and his team, a lot of whom are sadly no longer with us, were denied the possibility of being the first English team to play the likes of, of that mighty Real Madrid side of, of Puskas and Di, Di Stefano and Gento, who won the thing five times. Um, they simply weren't given a chance to do it. Um, and while we went on to achieve European success in 1971 in the Cup Winners' Cup against Real Madrid, and we should note before Liverpool ever even got near a European trophy, the chance to actually play in the competition that was the European Cup and is now the Champions League didn't come back for, for, for 44 years. So for all the nonsense talk about winning it for cash flow and sticking it to UEFA and exercising the demons of ghost goals and crap referees and penalty misses, what I would really like to see is for us to win it. So next season, Roy Bentley can walk around the pitch holding aloft the trophy that he earned the right to play for and he was never allowed to do so. That's why I think we should win it. And aside, yeah, of, anything yeah. else, and aside of anything else, it will really piss Spurs off. <laughs> Well said. Here, here. I so, that's my, that's that's stirring stuff there. That's my that's my four pennies on it all. So what I would say is that anywhere you know, all over the world, from Vancouver to New York to Dubai to Tokyo to Sydney, there are going to be Chelsea fans watching us. So they, and Russia, and indeed, <coughs> and Russia as well, and many other places. So everyone, sing up support the club um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to a bloke called Stephen Mower who emailed me today and said he really enjoyed the podcast and he's literally going to be sitting by his wife's hospital bedside because she's in, in there having an operation he's going to be sitting there watching us there where I'm sure he'd rather be in Munich Steve big up to you get well soon to your missus sing up gents anyone got anything to add uh, there's a guy called Desmond says he's going to be watching it in Beirut so good lad Sing yeah, he's been on, been on the blog tonight. Um, I've 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 said a, a, a big hello to the Beirut massive. Uh, mm. Three of them that will be watching it. There's some guys in various parts of the states, aren't there? Yeah, yep. all over the world. Um, San Diego, such places. Tony, you are Thunderbird Five. I you're, am indeed. You're coordinating from home. Donald, Mark, I hope to catch up with you in Munich. If by some chance we don't enjoy the game. Mm. I think it's going to be fantastic. And It'll be a great experience one way or the other. I hope you both have a very safe course. journey out there. Yes, Otherwise, on that note, keep the blue flag flying high. Chelsea, yeah. come home. Come on, the Chelsea. Come home with the trophy. <laughs> and that's all we need to say. Good night. Good night. Good night. And, I'd like, and as John Tracy would say, FAB. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way to round it off. <laughs> <laughs>